The dry spell of sports news is finally coming to a close. Let's take a look and see how our local small market Southern teams are doing with a focus on the Atlanta Braves. What's going on with our teams in the NFL? And what can we expect as we approach a time and place where we're going to have football and baseball going on in the South? All this and more on this exciting edition and Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. Let's go, don't wait, this night's almost over, honest, let's make this night last what is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Sorman at Jake's Take Podcast at Jake'sil14. And as always, this podcast is sponsored by Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore sports underscore. And like I had said before, we are finally getting out of that dry spell of sports news. I was talking with my friend Manny a few weeks ago, and we had mentioned how during this time, nothing's really going on. You know, it's such a dry period. And all of a sudden, you know, we're just kind of waiting for something to happen. And then, boom, things are just starting to start picking up, whether it's these new understandings or these new, I guess, ideas like a few minutes ago and even a day ago when they had mentioned that Tom Brady and Gronk were almost on the Raiders and then John Gruden just said no. That's obviously huge. Obviously, it doesn't really impact the South. But it's really just crazy, too, because this is when we're starting to expect to hear all this noise, all this difference in regards to these sports teams. And really just kind of gives us a better idea of, wow, you know, we were waiting for so many months and now it's time for us to get even more excited. So it is a great time. Obviously, you know, football is coming back for college football. I know we have week zero And if people don't really know what that means, it means that there's, you know, one game or a few games that are played during that week. It's nothing too, too special, but there are a lot of people who are excited for that and people who want to, you know, focus on how energetic and lively that culture is. So it definitely is a good thing to look into. But for the most part, when I think of the news coming around, I want to focus more on the Atlanta Braves. Now, you thought I was going to say something about Charlotte. Yeah, you know, you you thought, nope, this is time to focus on the Atlanta Braves. So obviously, the Atlanta Braves are one of the best teams in the MLB. They are our small market team in the South. And of course, they are my team's rival, but the Nationals are ridiculous. So that's another thing. Anyway, looking over that right now the Atlanta Braves have had a pretty interesting past few weeks but nothing bigger than Marcel Ozuna being arrested for DUI. Now obviously I don't know the full story in regards to what went into the DUI or what was going on but the thing that needs to be highlighted here is that he has been arrested a few times. Now he was arrested in May of 2021 for aggravated assault by strangulation and battery after Sandy Bridges, Sandy Springs police witnessed him grabbing his wife by the neck. And then after that had happened, he was put on administrative leave to domestic violence allegations. He didn't play for the remainder of the season. And then that was also in September. Now he came back, but you're also learning about 
how at 4 a.m. on August 19th, he's arrested and charged with driving under the influence. And that was because he couldn't stay in the same lane. So really with Ozuna, it's kind of a mix of how do we handle this and what should we do moving forward. Now with Ozuna, he was playing earlier when the Braves were playing on against the Houston Astros, but he was booked on Friday and released on bond later that morning. And it was his second arrest. And right now he was in there as the number eight hitter in the lineup against the Astros. But when he went up to bat, he was booed. And the boos were much louder after Azuna struck out against right-hander Jose Urquidy. And then he was booed again after another strikeout. So right now, this was his first appearance since August 14th. And he didn't play in the first six games. And right now, the Braves are kind of in this whole, I guess, idea or this kind of point where they need to think of what they can do. They are a good team. They are still competing after the World Series, which is great. But this is a big mark on what this team means and really what this culture means. Because for the Braves, they are the only team in the South that has a baseball team. You can argue the Texas and you can argue DC, but it's really just Atlanta. Now, what could be done here? Obviously, I don't know too much about baseball. I follow it, but I'm not as involved with it as I am with football and basketball. And there are a few things that could be done here. They could put him on administrative leave. They could send him to the minors. They could, you know, just release him or try and trade for him. But this is his, he's in his third season in Atlanta and he's in the second year of a 65 million four-year contract. Right now, that isn't really saying a lot of good things because with this, he's more known for his off-the-field antics than he is on the field. It's kind of similar to what I was saying in regards to Miles Bridges a few weeks ago when Miles Bridges was in, you know, his final year of his contract, he's looking to get paid and get big money. And then he has the whole situation where he's arrested for assault of his wife. This is kind of very similar because now if they're going to try and trade him, no one's going to want him because it focuses on the chemistry, the team culture, and a lot of things that could be a big misdirection and big misunderstanding. So my thought with this is they need to either pull him away from the team and put him on administrative leave or just find something that they can do. Now, what did the Braves do in regards to handling this? Well, I think they handled this in a really wrong way because just because he was released doesn't mean he should be able to play. I feel like with this, he should have, you know, not been able to come back two days later because in my sense, I'm looking at that as, okay, nothing's wrong, you know, he figured it all out. No, he didn't. He still needs to figure out what he did was wrong, and he shouldn't get an opportunity to play because it's setting a bad example for other players, and it's setting a bad example for the fans. 
Now, obviously, with the Braves, they did release a statement, but releasing a statement doesn't really necessarily help. I feel like releasing a statement isn't really the best thing in most senses. I think looking at it, it's kind of just saying that, hey, we know something happened, and we know that what happened is wrong, but that's kind of it. So really, in this regard, I mean, it's kind of something where what can the Braves do? What can they consider in regards to Ozuna because you know there are people who are not happy that he's there they want justice they want him to get it together because it's one thing to get a DUI but to get a DUI after having an assault charge and then letting him play that is definitely unacceptable so I think in that regard I really just need to see a new focus from the Braves. Now, looking at their lineup from earlier Monday night, obviously he's not playing. So that's good to know, but there's also a lot more that needs to be focused on because he played on Sunday. It's one thing to let him play, but you need to figure out what exactly needs to be done in regards to him because if you're showing that off to most people, they're not going to take that seriously. And really, I mean, I agree. Because as a team and as an organization, it's more important for how you handle these situations because it really means a lot for fans and the city of Atlanta and the surrounding areas in Georgia. And in an attempt to talk more about baseball, we're going to focus more on the Braves. Now, once again, I know not that much about baseball. I know the fundamentals. I try to watch it, and obviously I'm a fan of the Nationals, but I really don't know too much about baseball. Um, And like I said, you know, in the South, we don't really have that many baseball teams. We just have the Braves. So one of the biggest things in regards to the Atlanta Braves that is not in regards to Ozuna is that the Braves were able to sign Michael Harris II to an extension. Now that is huge because Michael Harris has been doing phenomenal and he's a terrific player. But one of the things that I really like here too is that this is a young team. They don't seem young whatsoever. So I really think that having Michael Harris II being signed shows that they have so much faith in this team for right now, but also it shows that they have an idea for what they're looking for. Now, he signed an eight-year extension. That's amazing because he's a rookie center fielder, and this is a $72 million contract. So he'll be there until 2030 with the option of 2031 and 2032. That's phenomenal because right now you're seeing that With this, they're trying to keep together as much of their team. They have Acuna on an eight-year. They have Ozzy on a seven-year. They just recently inked Matt Olsen. And then, oh, by the way, before the trade deadline in late July, they gave a 10-year extension to Austin Riley. That's great. They're keeping this young court together. But then comes the very big question, what about Dansby Swanson? Now... Obviously, with this, Dansby Swanson is a very interesting case because Dansby Swanson is a really good player. Yes, I know I give Dansby a lot of grief, but I do it out of love. Unlike you, Andrew Wiggins, you don't deserve love. You're Andrew Wiggins. So with this, what are they going to do in regards to Dansby Swanson? Because Dansby Swanson is a phenomenal player as well. 
and he's been with the Braves ever since 2016. Now, obviously, I know he had that dry spell, but he also was getting everything really together and has benefited a lot. I mean, he set a career high with a .274 batting average in 2020. He had 49 runs scored. That was the third in the MLB. And he was a big part of this championship, too, for the World Series. So that's all phenomenal. But right now, he's part of the arbitration process. And obviously, he was, you know, an all-star. But what is the significance with Dansby Swanson? He is your shortstop. Is that a big thing where you're willing to lose your shortstop for someone else? Now, speaking of baseball, and this is going to focus and transition into football because, like I said, I don't know too much about baseball and I need to talk about something else. I'm just kidding. But what does it mean with September rolling around what baseball and football is going to be in regards to handling the spotlight? Now, I think in this situation, it is going to be a little tough because baseball is going to take a backseat in regards to the connection it will have with football. Now, obviously, we have seen Joe Buck do double duties of calling the World Series and also calling football games. But sadly, when it comes to football, that's the priority, especially in the South. Now, people are still going to watch the Braves. People are still going to watch baseball. But when it comes to football, people just love the culture, the excitement. And football is a lot more fast-paced rather than baseball. With baseball, you know, you're watching different games and it's going to be a very slow speed with football it's very bang 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 it's very quick and sometimes the game is already decided but I think with this case as much as I hate to regret it football is going to overtake baseball in the coming months now it's good because baseball has had a good run but also once you get to October and kind of early-ish November with the World Series, that's where it kind of gets interesting because that is prime time for NFL and college football. And then you have the NBA coming back. So I think with it, it's very interesting to see how everyone will handle it. But you also have to remember that with this, when it comes to MLB baseball, they had so much time on their own when they weren't getting bothered, where they were the only sport. And they had the chance to bring people in and watch. Now, sadly, it's just really how things go because some people are going to look at it and say, well, you know, I was interested in learning more about baseball or this. But it's just a game where you have to immerse yourself very similar to football. And it dumbs down to the people who you're watching it with or which team you're watching. Like, let me... Say, for example, if you chose to watch the Nationals this year, you made a very big mistake because obviously right now they don't know what they're doing because they have broken my heart in back-to-back years. That's another story. We'll talk about that later. But I think with this, when it comes to baseball, they have the whole summer to themselves. And then when you get to August, September, you're kind of going to be more expecting some more news of a different range of variety. And then you just have to wait and see. So right now, I think I can still see that there is going to be some competition between baseball and football. But with Labor Day coming up and September approaching, 
I think that football is going to overtake its throne and be king again because this has been what feels like the longest offseason ever. And it feels like it's been a year since Tom Brady actually retired and then came back. Now, in regards to our small market teams in the South, there is a few different things to mention. Now, obviously, we have some news coming out of Carolina. I know I brought up Charlotte. I don't know how it kept happening. That must be another dollar that the city of Charlotte owes me. Anyway, moving on. So with the Carolina Panthers, and I just realized that I called them the Charlotte Panthers in my most recent episode, they just named Baker Mayfield the starting quarterback. But with this, Matt Crow, the rookie quarterback who they drafted, is out with a foot injury for the rest of his rookie season. With this, I'm noticing it as that Baker might be the guy. We'll just have to see. But like I said before, this is a year where Matt Rule is on the hot seat. He's coaching for his job. All eyes are going to be on Baker Mayfield and Christian McCaffrey. Because you have two first-round picks in the 2017 and 2018 draft. And then you also have DJ Moore, who is in the same draft as Baker Mayfield. So I feel like in this situation... All eyes are going to be on this team because they were, you know, 15 and 1 a few years ago. Yeah. In the regular season, they were 15 and 1. That was in 2015. Oh my gosh, it feels like forever ago. Now, in this case, we just kind of have to wait and see about really what happens. With the Saints, obviously, we talked about how right now they are just monitoring Jameis. They're also making sure that. There's not any major injuries. I know that they lost to the Green Bay Packers. Luckily, it's the preseason. My friend Nick says that they're going to go 0-17. I don't believe him. I don't know why I'm paying attention to that, but you know he's a Falcons fan, so I'll let him say that. Now, speaking of the Falcons, well, Marcus Mariota is their quarterback, and really, I mean, there isn't much that I've seen. I mean, we're just going to have to continue to see what's going to go on with the Falcons, But their main question marks right now are who's going to catch the ball aside from Kyle Pitts and Drake London, and then who's going to be the backup to Cordero Patterson. Also, the defense is kind of a bit of a question, but when isn't it a question? Of course, then we get to Tennessee Titans. The main focus there is going to be what's going on with Derrick Henry's health, and then is it going to be Malik Willis or Ryan Tannehill? I'm going to say something that's very controversial. When you have a quarterback coming in who's a rookie, don't expect him to play. If he wasn't picked in the first or the second round, do not expect him to play. I don't know where this idea comes that whenever you get a quarterback in the third round, that he's going to be your guy. I don't know where it comes from. It sometimes happens. It sometimes doesn't. Because everyone thinks that they're going to get either Tom Brady or someone similar to him in the blink of an eye. That's not the case. I think with this, I understand what you're trying to do. I know that what you're thinking can work, but you have a quarterback who has gotten you to the playoffs and has gotten a Pro Bowl selection before, and you're willing to just dump him for Malik Willis, who hasn't even played a single game yet. Stick with Ryan Tanhill. If you need to bench him for Malik Willis, go ahead and do that. But right now, the case is, that this quarterback controversy is shouldn't be happening because the main focus is the idea that, hey, 
we have our quarterback, but we also have someone who can compete with him. Aside from that, I really think that with the South, we're just going to have to continue to monitor and see what our teams are doing. Right now, there's nothing too, too major aside from Matt Corral's injury happening. But with this focus, I really think that once we get back into really the next few weeks, we'll see some more focus and some more news developing in regards to our small market teams in the South. And of course, we're going to start seeing some teams cutting their players and cutting their list down because they have a lot of roster movement they have to do. But that is going to do on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and for checking us out. As always, you can find this on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon. You can also find us on Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore sports underscore on their Instagram and Twitter. You can also find us on our Instagram at Jake's Take Podcast or my personal one, Jake So 14, or my Twitter at Jake's Take Podcast. And I'm super thankful for all the love, all the support we've had over the past four months. We're continuing to grow. We're getting into our busy season, so it's going to be fun. And I'm super excited for all the amazing things we get to do. And I cannot wait to continue to get excited Obviously, with the focus of the NFL and college football coming back, we're going to start focusing more on that. But like I said, get excited. We have some really exciting news. Drop a like, drop a follow, give us a rating, help us out, share us with your friends. Also, we are running a raffle for a contest for Variety Sports Network. I'm going to need to share the form with everyone, so please submit that. We think it would be great. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, love each other, create memories, go on adventures, create happiness, be the best version of you you can be. And as always, I will see and hear from you all later. Take care.